are continuing this morning in our series in the book of Ephesians. We come to our second sermon in this series, Christ and the Church. So we are in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 to 14. So please turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. This is Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 to 14. Hear now the eternal living word of God. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Now imagine you found out you're a relative of Bill Gates. And not only are you related to him, but he's going to leave you his entire fortune as an inheritance after he dies, which is about $131 billion. How much would this change how you live your life? You'd immediately have a little more pep in your step, knowing that this inheritance would be yours in the future. How would this improve the quality of your mood, the quality of your work? How much comfort and hope would you find in the storms of this life? But that inheritance would be temporary. It would provide some instant gratification. It would take care of many of your needs in this world. But that would be it. It would do nothing for you spiritually. It would do nothing for the problem of your sin. It would do nothing for you in your death. Last week, we opened our study in the book of Ephesians in this sermon series titled Christ and the Church. And we're looking, as we study this letter from the Apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus, at what Paul has to say to us as a church. What it means to be in Christ and what this demands of us as Christians. And last week, we we opened the first 10 verses of the letter, and Paul opens by praising God for all the blessings he has given us in Christ. And then he goes on to list some of these blessings. God has chosen us before the foundation of the world for adoption in Christ. He's redeemed us through the blood of Christ. And with those first few blessings, we see that we're blessed in Christ by the grace of God. The blessings we have in Christ aren't earned. We don't deserve them. They are the free gift of God's grace given to all who believe in his son. Now this week, in verses 11 to 14, Paul's continuing to lay out these blessings we've been given in Christ. 
And he gives us the purpose that God blesses his people for his own glory. And we'll see in the study of this passage this morning, three blessings God gives you in Christ for his own glory. Your inheritance in Christ, your hope in Christ, and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. At the end of the last section of praising God, in verse 10, Paul reveals something that God is doing in Christ that goes beyond simply the individual or even beyond his people as a whole. He speaks of God's plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Christ, all things in heaven and on earth. He's telling us that God is in the process of organizing the entire universe, both heaven and earth, around Christ. The whole of creation is being united in Christ. Then he goes on in verse 11. In him we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Paul's now saying that in Christ we have an inheritance. God has chosen us in Christ for adoption as his children. And if we are his children, then we are his heirs. Heirs of an inheritance from God. And so this is the first blessing that we see this morning that God gives you in Christ for his own glory. Your future inheritance in Christ. Those whom God has chosen for adoption are now a part of his family. And therefore, we are heirs of inheritance in Christ. Paul writes of this same thing in Romans 8. There he wrote, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. And when the New Testament speaks of this inheritance in Christ, it always speaks of inheriting eternal things, inheriting eternal life, inheriting the kingdom, inheriting the imperishable. So what awaits all who have been saved by Jesus Christ through faith in him, all who have been adopted into the family of God, is an eternal inheritance. It's imperishable. You'll be in glory with God for eternity. You get the inheritance of Christ with him, the the inheritance that he deserves. You've been united with him for eternity. Now to understand any specifics about what we will inherit, you have to go back to Genesis to the promises God made to Abraham. Both in Genesis 12 and Genesis 15, God promised Abraham things. He promised him land. He promised him many offspring. He promised him a blessed life and that an offspring will come from him and be a blessing to the world. He also promised him victory over his enemies. And God himself pledged to do all that is required to bring this inheritance about. Now, Paul is saying that in Jesus Christ, God has fulfilled his promise to do all the work necessary to bring this promised inheritance. Jesus defeated Satan, and he has begun the renewal of all things, and he's commissioned his church to declare his gospel of salvation so that the world might be blessed through those same promises. Jesus came to live and die on your behalf. So that those 
who are chosen for salvation before the foundation of the world can be justified before God by receiving his righteousness. And your sins can be forgiven because he paid the penalty on the cross. It's the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and through this that you can be adopted into God's family and receive the inheritance that he deserves. The death of Jesus Christ on the cross was the fulfillment of the promises that God made to Abraham. And it's the fulfillment of the inheritance. Now, when God made these promises, there was a historical fulfillment to these things. There was a physical descendant of Abraham that grew in the land of Egypt to a large nation. There was a physical land of Canaan that they were brought into. And these promises, while they had concrete historical fulfillments, they were ultimately spiritual. They were ultimately fulfilled in Christ. Those who are in Christ, united to Christ through faith, are the spiritual descendants of Abraham. And the promised land that we have is the new heavens and the new earth. And the eternal glory of marriage to Christ as his bride. And it's an inheritance that awaits everyone who is in Christ. Everyone that's been united to Christ in faith. And Paul again connects all of this to the will of God. He said, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. And so you're chosen by God for adoption through Christ. You're blessed to receive an inheritance in him. And it's not by chance. It's not by your own efforts. It's by the absolute sovereignty of God. God chose you for adoption and therefore to be his heir of a glorious inheritance. Before you were born, before you had done anything good or bad, before the world even existed, to be born again, to be the praise of the glory of God, God chose you for this. And everything that comes about in the Christian life, your adoption, your redemption, being born again, your faith, your future inheritance, your hope in Jesus Christ, was all foreseen and foreordained. It's all according to the plan of God from eternity past. Then Paul says in verse 12, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. The reason God blesses his people by choosing them, adopting them, making them heirs of this inheritance is so that they will be to the praise of his own glory. Now we see that the second blessing God gives you in Christ for his own glory is your hope in Christ. For those who are in Christ, you have the hope of one day seeing our Lord face to face in all his radiant glory. And of being glorified yourself so that you experience him and the blessedness that you were created for. And so now you can see the progression that Paul is laying out for the blessings in Christ. You were chosen by God for adoption through the redemption by the blood of his son. And in your adoption you gain an inheritance which gives you hope. Now... We shouldn't confuse what is meant by hope here. We often use the term hope to refer to something that may or may not happen. But biblical hope, 
Christian hope is waiting on something that is guaranteed to take place. In our life in this world, we don't see or experience the full glory of God, but this glory is real, and it is certain. The reality that will one day come into the full presence of the glory of God is so sure that it serves as an anchor for our souls. R.C. Sproul once wrote about biblical hope, saying that hope is not taking a deep breath and hoping that things are going to turn out all right. It is assurance that God is going to do what he says he will do. So through faith in Jesus Christ, you'll enjoy the eternal resurrected existence in the new heavens and the new earth. You'll come face to face before our holy God as a being who can no longer sin because of the redemption that Jesus purchased for you. And so as you go about your life in this world, which is filled with difficulties, it's filled with trials, suffering, illness, disease, but you can know for sure that in Christ, you not only have salvation from the punishment that you deserve, but instead you'll be given a sure hope of glory that you can rejoice in today. You don't need to fear what life brings. You don't have to worry that things won't work out as planned. If inheriting a financial fortune would bring you comfort in your suffering, how much more so, how much more comforting is the eternal inheritance in Christ? How much more assured is your hope? First of all, unlike a financial inheritance which can be contested in court, can be lost various ways, your inheritance in Christ is guaranteed. You can look forward to, in certain anticipation, that one day you will see God in all his glory. And also money, the material things it can buy, they're perishable. They don't last. Peter wrote about this, and we read it in our responsive reading in 1 Peter. He wrote that God has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Life in this broken world can be difficult. And actually, we're guaranteed to suffer in this world. But one day, you will be in glory. And you will reign in the new heavens and the new earth for eternity in never-ending glory. And so knowing this, in your suffering, you know that it's temporary. You can endure it. As bad as things may get, you can know for sure that it won't go on forever. You're not left without hope. You have a future hope that at some appointed time, a time that God has set and only knows himself, you will receive the full reward of your inheritance. And that means your suffering won't continue forever. When you come to faith in Christ, you are guaranteed an inheritance. You are guaranteed eternal life. If you trust in Christ alone for your salvation, nothing can take this inheritance away from you. And so your life, the Christian life, has a component of waiting. Waiting for the day you receive this inheritance in all its fullness. Waiting for your glorified life glorified, resurrected life in the new heavens and the new earth. And so you persevere in your suffering in anything this life can throw at you because your suffering cannot compare to the glory that is to come. 
And Paul tells us that all of this is to the praise of the glory of God. God is glorified in you. He's glorified in you as his new creation. And this will reach its pinnacle when you come into glory with him in eternity. And so your hope is a blessing that God has given you. And it's all to his own glory. And so praise God that he's blessed you with this inheritance, an inheritance in Christ that he has given you, and this gives you hope, an eternal hope, all for his own glory. Now, in verse 13, Paul writes directly to the Ephesian believers now. He says, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, we're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. When the believers in Ephesus heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation in Jesus Christ and believed in him, they believed in Jesus Christ. They were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. And this blessing is true for all who respond to the gospel in true belief. And it's the third blessing Paul lists in our passage that God gives you in Christ, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. All the blessings and the truths that Paul gives us and lists here are really amazing. But this one, for me, is one of the most fascinating. We say and hear it so frequently that it starts to become mundane. But it truly is astounding that through faith in Jesus Christ, that All those who believe in Jesus Christ can know that the third person of the Trinity, God, the Holy Spirit himself, lives inside of you. And the truth is, with the Holy Spirit living inside of you, he brings about life-changing results. The Holy Spirit is the one who brings you to new spiritual life. The new birth that Jesus spoke about is necessary for salvation is the Holy Spirit living inside of you, bringing this new spiritual birth, raising you from spiritual death to spiritual life. And all of this is why you would choose God. This is why you would believe and have faith. This brings about an entirely new life of love, fellowship, and service to the Lord. It brings about repentance. And this really relates back to the question I talked about last week. How do I know If I am one of God's elect, how do I know that God has chosen me for salvation? And if you have a true sense of your sin, and you know that your helpless situation before a holy God, an awareness of the mercy of God in Christ, and know that your only hope for salvation is the cross of Jesus Christ, if you truly believe this, this is the work of the Holy Spirit in you. And the Holy Spirit living in you will bring you not only to a saving faith, but to repentance. Repentance is a turning from your sin to God with grief and hatred of your sin, purposing and working constantly for a new obedience. If you look at the commands of Jesus when he declared the gospel in the beginning of his ministry, he said, repent and believe. When you come to Christ, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and changes you, you will do both. You will truly believe in the gospel and have a saving faith, resting and receiving in Christ alone for your salvation. And at the same time, there will be a turning from your sin. You will desire to work towards obedience. 
Now, you won't do this perfectly. Repentance will never be perfect in this life. But the Spirit does convict you when you sin. There is this process of sanctification, the work of the Holy Spirit in you, where you are renewed in your whole self into the image of God. And the Spirit enables you more and more to die to sin and live to righteousness. But it's a process that takes place over the course of your life. And it's never perfected in this life. It's not the same for everyone. The Holy Spirit also gives you spiritual gifts. These are gifts that God gives for ability to service. And he gives them to his people so that you can use them to edify the church and to serve the Lord effectively for his glory. The Spirit gives you evidence of your new life, producing fruit of the Spirit in your life. And the Holy Spirit in you helps illuminate the Word of God, illuminate the Scriptures so you can understand and apply them in your daily life. Now, all these amazing realities in the indwelling Holy Spirit happen over time. But Paul says something specific about the indwelling Holy Spirit in our passage. He says, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. So the indwelling Holy Spirit seals you until the day you receive your promised inheritance in Christ. So that your arrival in the Lord's presence is guaranteed after this life. When you heard the gospel and you believed in the gospel of Jesus Christ, you entered the realm of Christ. You were united to Christ in your calling by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit dwelt and continues to reside within you. And he began his work in your life. And God did all of this so that you will be a praise to his glory. So you will praise his glory yourself. God's chosen people whom he sends, his spirit of adoption, he changes them. And they will seek him instead of themselves. We were made to glorify God. We are to praise him and we are a praise to his glory. The Holy Spirit is a down payment on the promised inheritance. And he's the insurance that your future is guaranteed. And you'll be in glory with God for eternity. Where there you'll experience the full magnitude, the fullness of God's glory. And so the indwelling Holy Spirit is the insurance that upon death your soul will be made perfect in holiness and you will immediately pass in to glory. The the assurance that in the future resurrection you'll be raised up in glory. You'll be openly acknowledged and acquitted in the judgment, and you'll be made perfectly blessed in the full enjoyment of God to all eternity. And in this blessed eternity, where our inheritance is the glory of God, it will be finally and ultimately realized. So for those of you who have the assurance of salvation in your heart, Those of you who know that you believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, know that you love him and you willingly submit to him in obedience. Know that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Know with full assurance that your eternity is in paradise. Your eternity is in the full glory of God, and this is a guaranteed promise of God himself. No matter how bleak your circumstances on earth may seem, Your future hope is guaranteed through faith in Jesus Christ.
The Holy Spirit testifies to your spirit that you are a child of God. And if you are a child, then you are an heir of his inheritance. The gospel of Jesus Christ and his sacrificial death and glorious resurrection has eternal ramifications for the destiny of every person who has ever lived. And your response to that message and to Jesus Christ himself separates everyone into two categories. Boundless bliss beyond your wildest imagination or unrelenting torment. And you can know that your suffering in this world is not only temporary, but it pales in comparison to what is to come. That God also uses our suffering to purify us. And so we can follow, you can follow Paul's advice to the Corinthians. In Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, he wrote of suffering in this world and the future inheritance in Christ. And he said, for this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, that is, they're temporary. But the things that are unseen are eternal. First, Paul considered suffering in this world to be a light, momentary affliction. And it's preparing you. It's not simply an obstacle you must get through before you get the glory, but it's a part of the process of bringing you into glory. God uses the suffering in your life to prepare you for what is to come. An eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And so he tells us we should not focus on the things that are seen, not focus on the material and physical things of this world. Now, he's not saying that we should never think about anything material or physical. Obviously, we live in this world. I have to think about the things in my house and make sure they're working properly. I need my car to work in the morning and so on. There's so many things we have to consider. What he's saying is, don't look to material, physical things for your hope. Look to the things that are unseen for your hope in this world. Look to the things of God, the spiritual things. Look to the unseen, eternal inheritance in Christ for your hope in this world because the material things of this world are temporary. They will ultimately fade away. They will all lose all of their value and eventually become worthless. But the unseen spiritual things of God are eternal. Your inheritance in Christ is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. So I want to ask, do you have the inheritance of God through faith in Jesus Christ? Have you received and rested in Christ alone for your salvation as he is offered to you in the gospel? If you have not done this or you are not sure, let today be the day. Because it's only through faith in Jesus Christ that you're adopted into the family of God and have the future hope of his inheritance. It's only through faith in Jesus Christ that you are redeemed by his blood. There's nothing in this world that even compares to what awaits those who are united to Christ in faith. Trust in Jesus Christ for your salvation. He's your only hope in life and in death. Because in Jesus Christ you have everything. Without him, you have nothing. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, 
we come before you this morning to praise you for your glory. Because it's in your glory that you've given us so many blessings in Christ. You chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be adopted into your family. That we may be your heirs. That we may receive the eternal inheritance that is in Jesus Christ. That we may have a hope. An unfading hope that is guaranteed in our future. Help us to rest in this hope. Help us to focus our hearts and our minds on the unseen, eternal blessings that you have given us. Help us to remain focused and steadfast in our service of you, that we continue to serve you, to love you with all our heart, all our soul, all our strength, and all our mind, and to love our neighbor as ourself as we go about serving you as your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.